0: Possible condition in order for him to fulfil the things that the Father has planned in advance for us to do. Because you wouldn't actually send your players out on the pitch, would you, if they weren't trained and prepared. Because that would just not end well for them or for what they're trying to achieve. And I just think it's this series, I'm so excited about it. It's a real privilege for me to speak to you this morning. Um, And if you'll permit me, I'll just pray before we start. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you've just got our best interests at heart. And, Lord, I just ask that you'll help us to lean into your word this morning, that you'll help us to just hear from you. Let it be not my words, but yours, Father. Just wear me like a coat. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, so I'll make no apologies, really, ...except to say there's a lot to get through this morning. So, fasten your seatbelts, because we're going to go on a journey... ...and we're going to talk about this thing called mindset. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, what, what exactly is that? What is that? We hear this word, mindset, used quite a lot. You know, there's a, in, out there in the world, if there is such a place, um, there's a lot being said about mindfulness... And well being, it's quite a, a, a topic, a, 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 a popular topic, especially in workplaces now, where uh, employers have actually come to realize there's more, there's more to be done in order to ensure the welfare of people other than just making sure they've got somewhere comfortable to sit and the temperature's okay and, and so on. And there's this thing about mindfulness and well being, which I would allege. God thought of this a long, long time ago. The world is always catching up on the things that we find, the truths that we find in His Word. And I think we'll find that this morning. So, in order to kind of set, I know Jonas did a great job of setting the scene for this series. Um, This first session on mindset is kind of foundational, in my estimation, for the rest of the stuff. So basically what we've got, we've got areas such as uh, physical wholeness, spiritual wholeness, emotional wholeness, relational wholeness. Um, but underpinning all of that, it's very important that we understand what it is to develop a mindset of wholeness. Some years ago i encountered a set of circumstances in my own life in our life jenny and my life which meant that we were routinely opposed and challenged in very an un- un- unpleasant way by an individual and occasionally this would involve even threats intimidation the kind of thing that makes your life really very uncomfortable and my initial response was one of Indignation, anger, irritation. Why, why would this individual want to, want to do this to us? What, do we, what did we do? And there were times when we went to the quiet place and uh, sometimes together, sometimes individually, and we prayed, comforted one another in these you know, difficult circumstances. Other times we would kind of share our feelings of being under severe attack and wonder where God was. Um, then actually something changed. The feelings of fear, anger, indignation, oppression, they just kind of ebbed away. To To be replaced by a very strong sense of security and immunity. The other person, from time to time, still challenges and sometimes it's a little bit difficult. But we don't run scared like we did. So what changed? What changed was our perspective. Our perspective changed. You see, we spent a good time blaming the devil for being the architect of this nastiness. We went into battle like good Ephesian six soldiers and did all this stuff. And on many, many occasions it helped. Sometimes it didn't seem to, I have to confess. Other times we cried. And that also helped occasionally. Excuse me. Other times, actually, we just ranted and raved about it, usually in private, thankfully, protested, had small tantrums. That didn't really help at all. But before the change came the realisation that we weren't able to change the other person or the situation actually we prayed against the Jezebel spirit declaring freedom over ourselves we forgave the other person too but you know the one thing that we could change for sure was the way we perceived it someone once said to me sometimes you know the problem ...is not the fella in the cellar. It's the fanatic in the attic. You see, when we've got problems going on in our minds... ...it affects everything. Ask Jenny if whales are playing rugby. I can lose perspective. I can. The truth is, every one of us can lose perspective... And it's the area of our minds where the battle often takes place in its most ferocious way. Christian counsellor and author Selwyn Hughes puts it like this. He says, to win the battle of the mind is to win in one of the greatest areas of life. It is said that no real change can take place until a person's thinking is changed. No real change can take place until a person's thinking is changed. When I was doing my research uh, preparing for this today, I came across the story of Elijah. And I just want to just touch a little on his story because I believe that we'll hear more about his story later on in this series. Actually, it's, it's a story from, for those of you who don't know, it starts in First Kings and ends in Second Kings, and it's a story of an individual who experiences incredible highs and extreme lows, almost routinely. He has this kind of rollercoaster life. And actually, um, I noticed, being a North Walian, that often uh, it was on the mountains where he was at his best. Uh, in Mount Carmel, Mount Horeb and much, much later on he reappears on the Mount of Transfiguration um, but his extreme low points I mean this is a guy who would have been forgiven for giving up, burning out and saying forget it, I'm, I quit um, he is given a word from the original Jezebel Queen Jezebel as it goes uh, where she kind of terrifies him uh, he runs, it says, 100 miles. I mean, that's kind of quite a thing to do. <laughs> that's quite a fearful place to be in. Um, not just run a mile, 100 miles. Um, and, he, you know, it was finished in his own mind. It, it was over. But an angel turns up, then he's restored and he goes back. He actually goes to another mountain. He's replenished. He's recommissioned. And the final 10 years of his ministry is extraordinary, where he raises up his successor. Uh, and he's actually, uh, he doesn't actually die at the end of the story. That's the best bit, probably. He's transported to heaven. I want to be transported to heaven. Anybody else? Yeah. So what's abundantly clear here in that kind of whistle-stop tour through Elijah's life is that God has given us an unbelievable gift with our minds because that's the thing that changed for him. Um, he's given us instructions in Scripture, Uh, with regards to how we can renew our minds, how we can fix our minds, and how we can have the ability to take our thoughts captive. All of those things are written in Scripture. Sometimes, you know, it strikes me that we need to go up the mountain to get a better view of our circumstances. We need to do that. So, we're going to talk this morning about three ways that we can develop... This wholeness mindset. And the first thing that I'd like to talk about is how we can renew our minds. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, starting at verse 2, it says this Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing. And perfect. You see, to experience God's good, pleasing, perfect will, we need not just the faith to believe, but a change in our thinking processes. By what the passage calls renewing our mind. I'm sure we've all heard this phrase before: renewing our mind. How many of us have thought about, well, how actually do we do that? How does that happen? You see, society's littered, isn't it, with, with labels, attitudes, thoughts, comparisons. Those of you who were here the last time I spoke will hear this, remember the story of the Wemmicks. Those of you who weren't will think, what is he on about? But these are the people who kind of just routinely labeled one another. They put things on one another. And, you know, we're not immune to that we can allow society to actually determine how we think. Or equally, we can allow the Word of God to transform our perspective. You see, in my mind, there's little point in us sitting here, week on week, listening to God's Word as utterly fabulous and amazing as it is, if we step out and do nothing. I'm sorry if that's a bit challenging. I'm, I'm speaking to myself here, just, just for the record. If I sit here and listen to this amazing, amazing God's master plan for my life, I think, yeah, that was great, Jonas, or that was great, whoever. And then just la, 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 out on a, a Monday. What's that about, Really? James chapter 1, it says this, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you're just fooling yourself. I'll resist the temptation to say hands up at anybody who's ever fooled, <laughs> I'll just put my own hand up. When looking at this whole subject of mindset, it amazes me, we spoke this morning about how science is always catching up with Scripture. And we know that by changing our thought processes and taking our thoughts captive, you can, in fact, physically rewire your brain. The brain is described as having a neuroplasticity um, about it, and that's an ability to form and create new thoughts and new pathways, new ways of thinking. You see, our thoughts precede all our words and all our actions. So these neural pathways, it says, comprise neurons connected by dendrites. There's an exam at the end of this, by the way. And they're created in the brain based on our habits and behaviors. So this plasticity is there. From the point of birth, or from before, at the point of conception, you know, just after, I guess. And um, according to uh, a book called Neuroscience of Behavior Change, and I can give you the, the references to that for anybody who's interested, they, they, they looked at patients who participate in new activities, and they, were f- they found that they were able to train their brains to create new neural pathways just by doing something else and just by thinking a new way. Extraordinary, isn't it? Talk about fearfully and wonderfully made. That's just extraordinary. So these pathways, they get stronger with repetition until the behavior is just who you are, just becomes who you are. Imagine, just imagine for a second, if we were to rewire our brains and our thoughts according to scripture according to God's word imagine if we could do that wouldn't that be amazing well the good news is we can we can if we renewed our thoughts according to scripture and the promises of God it would bring us to a place of wholeness and a place of the place of shalom that Jonah spoke about last week in an instant it's not quite how we're made there's a process But this is achievable for every one of us. Every single one of us can change the way that we think about stuff. Our minds, the connection between our outer world and our inner world, the more this renewal goes on, the more our lives are transformed, and that's how it goes. We need to experience this good, pleasing, and perfect will. And his wholeness for our lives. Good news, eh? Good news. It's good news. Some of you are not convinced. The second thing that we can do, we can set our minds. Now, the book of Colossians in chapter 3 says this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You see, that scripture goes on to show us that where we choose to fix our minds impacts our behavior. It continues from verse 5 like this. It says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed. There it is again, renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. This passage is talking about dying. It's talking about to die. It's it's talking about surrendering our self-rulership. That's what it's doing. It's our own way of thinking to the rulership of God. It means learning to think in a different way about our physical, emotional, spiritual, relational stuff and to continually renew our mind. The Six Nations Rugby Championship starts next week. We know what's going to happen, don't we? We do in Wales, anyway. At the Rugby Union Scrum, those of you who have seen it, it's, it's quite an incredible thing. So you've got eight players from each side who bind themselves together, and they come together with such a force in a competition for the ball. The referee will give them an instruction. He says to them, crouch, bind, Set. And in that set, they come together with a lot of force. Now, if the two-packs don't get that right, it can be, one, very dangerous because you've got immense pressure on human necks and spines and so on. But at least you're going to just get a very messy competition for the ball. So the referee sometimes will peep his whistle, he'll call them up, and he will reset the scrum. why well because he's trying to avoid a bad outcome because he knows that the setting of that scrum from the outset is vital and so it is with our thoughts because if we if we set our thoughts from the outset of the way that we address and think about any situation if it's not right then the outcome won't be right will it we need to make sure that our thinking is straight and square on with the facts With the truth, I haven't got time to to differentiate between facts and truth. That that might might be for someone else, at some other point. But here we have it: the truth. Instead of fixating and ruminating on earthly things, what I'm trying to get over to you this morning is that we should fix our, our thoughts on the things above. That is the mental reset. Philippians 4, 8 gives us a great model for what this looks like. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. You see how we think? affects our peace, our shalom, our wholeness. I was watching a cookery programme yesterday morning and they had lots of Chinese people on it and then I realised that was because it was Chinese New Year yesterday. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Um, And uh, the old man himself, Ken Holm, was was on the programme. Lovely uh, old Chinese man. And... um, They asked him to kind of show them how to chop up some uh, special kind of mushrooms and he wouldn't do it. And he said, no, it's it's Chinese New Year, so we're not allowed to touch knives today. I thought, well, that's interesting. And of course, so did the the other guy. Um, And he said, well, why is that? He said, well, it's just tradition. We're full of superstition and habits. And uh, on Chinese New Year, we mustn't touch anything that uh, could be associated with harm. Uh, And he goes, wow, that's amazing. And he says, and the other thing that we can't do, we cannot say anything that is critical or negative. That's a good day, isn't it? How about we do that every day? How about we do that? The third point is about using our minds. Scripture tells us these things. We are not at the mercy of our minds. We're not at the mercy of our minds. It tells us we have a God-given ability to renew our minds. It also tells us we can choose our thoughts. We can take captive our thoughts. Especially those that don't line up with Scripture. You know, in any community, we're no different here than anywhere else there will be people who struggle with mental health issues. I just want to say this in the course of this talk this morning, that if you've suffered with mental illness, either in the past or maybe at the present time, depression, stress, other issues that have affected the way that you think, the way that you behave, I want you to know that I and others here Acknowledge that your challenges are very, very real. That it's not easy. That you might have even suffered prejudice or dismissal as a result of your own mental issue. I believe God wants to say something, if that's you this morning, and that is that he sees you and he cares about you. After uh, the service today, there'll be uh, a group of people dotted around the front here who are available to pray. Um, I'd encourage you to take advantage of that. I know we say this every week, but really, I don't think much good ever happens without prayer. Really. That's been the story of my life anyway. So there'll be people dotted around here. I believe in a God who heals. Anyone else? I also want to acknowledge the fact that sometimes we need help with our minds by way of medical help, counselling, other kind of therapeutic means. So not for one second will I stand up here and say, forget all that, just get some prayer. Not at all. All those things are amazing. I believe those things were God's idea anyway. I also just want to pause for a moment and and ask us to consider publicly people who work in this whole area of mental health. And the more I think about it, it's not just people who have got, I don't know, mental health nurse or those kind of things in their job title. There are so many. We've got um, friends from our own congregation who are serving as police officers this morning. They're dealing with mental health issues all the time so it's not just medical people but you know if that's you if you are involved in any way professionally or in a voluntary capacity i want to salute you this morning and say well done in the tough times because this is really a very very tough area well done god sees you he honors you and he knows He knows how tough it is. I just really feel that we need to emphasize this morning the fact that just because we think something doesn't mean we have to think about it all the time. Let's just say that again. Just because we think something, we don't have to think about it all the time. So it's okay to think it, but this rumination, which can be so damaging, we have to get a hold of that. This is the reset that God is encouraging in us this morning. So, how then are we going to do this? How are we going to develop this, this mindset? Numerous practical ways studying the Word is number one for me. If we can get into reading the Bible, getting an app on our phone. Some of us are doing this already um, with daily readings, Bible in a year, that kind of stuff. Daily devotionals, scriptures dotted around your house. However you do that can I just encourage you to just take a bit of a stock check and say, what am I doing? How am I I trying to renew my mind? How am I fixing my mind? How am I resetting? How am I taking thoughts captive? So that's what, that's what we can do. What about the who? What about um, who we can have in our mind, in our sort of in our lives, who can help us with this whole issue? I've always found that it's really great to have people in your life who you can share this kind of stuff with, and I think in this kind of British kind of culture that we live in. Sometimes that's not easy for us. Sometimes we just kind of, you know, stew a little bit in stuff. It's so really important to have other people who you can help us to recognize when we've just slipped into our own way of thinking. Who do you know who would tell you? Because that kind of resource is, is gold, especially for us blokes, isn't it? You know, the girls are much better at this than us. I'm sorry if that's sexist in any way, but it's just my experience. Having someone in a man's life who you can really, really be open with and talk about, you know, the stuff, it's like gold. If you haven't got one, I'd encourage you to look for one. Well done ladies because you do do this. Yeah, you do. So what are we filling our minds with then? Because it's all right to talk about developing a mindset, you know, but we do need to, you know, consider what we're putting in there. What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you chatting about at break at work? What kind of social media are you devouring, participating in? It's challenging, isn't it? Because this is just kind of normal stuff, isn't it? This is just life. This is, but there are so many ways that we can actually make our job harder by what we put in there in the first place. What support can we get? with Renewing Our Minds. It's talked about individual, uh, maybe accountability partnerships, that kind of thing. But you know what's a really great way? Being in a connect group. If, you, if you're not in a connect group, sorry, but why would you not do that? Why would you not be in a connect group? This is where you can get alongside of other people, get to know them and be able to get into some kind of relationship with people and then all the rest of this stuff just flows out of that. Get into a connect group if you're not in one. And the One of the points I want to make towards the end of this is it's really essential that we don't, what's the phrase, that we don't that despise the day of new beginnings, that we, we don't think oh, it's, all, it's all a little bit too much. Um, I'm not I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to even think about it. It's just too much. We've got, just got to start somewhere. We've just got to do a little thing to start that change. It may be that we've kind of fallen into some old habits and old patterns of thinking along the way, even. But the great news is is that through obedience, through faith, prayer, meditation, all those kind of things, we can start to really, really make a change that will be utterly life-transforming. Scripture tells us that if we've got the mind of Christ, we have it, if we're filled by His Spirit. And I'll talk a little bit more later about giving an invitation. For those of you who have not encountered God's Holy Spirit, you know, it's just it's just not the big thing that some people make it out to be. It's not a huge privileged step, it's something that's available to everyone. It's just routine. It's just there, available to you. I mean, if you feel challenged in any way by anything that I've said this morning, if you think that maybe you need to change the way that your mind is set, I'd really encourage you to start to think about how you might respond. And I will issue an invitation to you to come forward. But firstly, I just want to speak to a couple of groups of people. You might be sat here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. You might, be, might have walked in. Um, you might have once given your life to Jesus, but actually you've not really been walking with Him. You might be none of those, but you just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, the guys who come forward towards the end of the service will help you with that. Expect to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Just expect that. So can I just ask, if you've never given your life to Jesus, or once you did, um, but now you just think, actually, I've not really... Being given it the best part of me whilst heads are bowed in this room would you just raise your hand for me thank you, thank you thank you thank you, I see you Just, just give me a little wave so I can see you I'll wait a moment thank you Right across this room now I've seen seven, eight, nine people There are more I'm sure there are more There's no need to be shy about this It's just between you and God I'd just like to to pray for you But once again, I would say, come forward at the end of the service and be prayed for personally. Father, just thank you for my brothers and sisters who have raised their hands here. I just thank you that they have taken that bold step of acknowledging that they either need to meet you for the first time or be reintroduced, as it were. And I just pray, God, that you will meet them where they are right now. Encourage them, Lord. I just pray, God, that every single individual who raised their hand will come, be prayed for individually, and led back to the place where you can do what you do best. Love them, encourage them, bless them, keep them. Just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's how to end a subject which is tricky for us all, isn't it? This is, you know, it doesn't get any more personal, does it, about the stuff that goes on inside of here. But my belief this morning is that many of us need to do something. We just need to do something. We need to take stock and we need to make a decision that things have to change. That the way that we perceive things has to change. The way we see things, the way we encounter things has to change. So if anything of what I've said this morning has touched you, has nudged you, I want to give you an invitation to come forward where a team of people will pray with you. You don't have to go into a lot of detail about what it is that's entirely a matter between you and god but there'll be people here who will stand with you and agree with you as you you respond to the word of god as it lands in your hearts this morning i'm talking about things like setting your minds on earthly things what others have told you maybe maybe what others have described you as, even. Maybe there's something that you need to do about that. Maybe you need to make an adjustment somewhere in the way that you think about that, in the way that you perceive that. If that's you, you need to come forward. I think there are people in this room who have had words spoken over them that remain even now, a source of pain. If that's you, in a moment, I'd invite you, encourage you to come forward. Some of us have believed lies, haven't we? Things will never change. They'll never get better. This is just how it is. In my life, in my relationship in my finances, in my health. this is, I'll just have to put up with it. Lies, 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 and more lies. That's not what this book here tells me about my health and my life and my place. That's not what it tells me. It's not what it tells me about any one of you either. So if that's you, I think you need to come forward too. Maybe you've been just accepting a really bad situation. There's nothing I can do about it. It's all someone else. There is something you can do about it. Others of us just may simply need an opportunity to declare that enough is enough this morning. Enough is enough that I choose to fix my thoughts on Jesus because I've tried the other stuff. He's promised he will make it all new. Maybe you were here when I spoke about the Wemix. And maybe you've got some dots. Dots that say that you're useless, hopeless, unattractive. Any of those kind of dots. The list is endless. Or maybe, maybe you just need to come for prayer. Maybe you just need to come for prayer. But if that's you, I promise you, you'll be joined by many people in this room because I cannot believe that we would come to a place and hear what God has to say about this and go away without doing anything about it. So if we could just ask the worship team maybe to come, do what you do, So, if you're in any of those groups, or if you're not in any of them at all, but just feel, actually, I need to come forward and get some prayer. Something's got to change. I'd like you to come now. Don't be shy. Who'll be first? You bold enough? Bless you, Kelly. Come now, you know. God says I know the plans that I have for you aren't they amazing I want to help you I want to help you to develop a mindset so that what I do in you in the next few weeks in the areas of physicality and relationships and spirituality and emotions will be founded on a really solid foundation so just come just come, bless you just come just come, we've got all day just come thank you Jesus it's Holy Spirit Holy Spirit just touching people nudging them maybe there's someone sitting next to you who you know they're twitching <laughs> ask them just ask them, shall I come with you there's someone next to you who you know needs to come now is your opportunity to help them be their friend just bring them just bring them maybe maybe you're sitting there thinking well this is as good as it gets Come and ask. Come and ask Jesus for his view on that. Let more of you choose to fix your thoughts on Jesus. He's promised you. He's promised you. those things that people have said to you, that have hurt you, labelled you, disadvantaged you. Your Father is indignant about that. He wants to embrace you and say you know that thing that's not true that's not true that's not true about you that's not how I see you that's not how I made you that's not what I've planned for you even now you can come